0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. What is the Libertarian Party? When did the party form? And how do their politics differ from other political parties? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Ornasek. So with the midterm election season on the horizon, I thought it would be a good idea to take a look at a political party we often hear about, but might not know too much about. Libertarians are on the ballots, but you won't see them at a debate. Some notable libertarians you might have heard of are Clint Eastwood, Fox News' very own Kennedy, Kat Timpf. So what are the core beliefs of libertarians? How large is the party and how are libertarians paving their way into the mainstream political sphere? Joining me now to break it all down is Whitney herself. Whitney, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm I'm so excited because, you know, we talk a lot about uh, Democrats, Republicans, but there's also libertarians. And that's what we're talking <laughs> about today. So what is a libertarian?
1: Yeah, there are definitely also libertarians. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, well, libertarians are um, a lot of people are confused about what we are. You know, they think that a lot of people think we're in the middle between the left and right, between conservatives and and liberals or republicans and democrats that's actually not at all true uh, we are a separate and distinct entity from them and uh, our, our ideology and philosophies are quite different um what it mostly boils down to is that we believe in the principle of uh you know don't hurt people and don't take their stuff and we expect the same from from our government uh which is quite different from what republicans and democrats expect from their government um, we just believe that every individual has the right to make their own choices in life without interference from from other individuals or um, from other from other people through the government. Uh, you know, we we all kind of understand the left right um, spectrum, and most people tend to see that as a, a one dimensional situation where you're either on the left or the right conservative or liberal. Well, the libertarians bring uh, a a second access axis into this mix. So we, uh, if you kind of spin that on its side, you'll get uh, authoritarian and libertarian. And so you can have this more diamond shape where you've got these four quadrants and you have a section of authoritarianism where you can be both left or right. And then you have the libertarianism, which is the opposite of the authoritarianism, and you can still have some left right gradients in there. And so that's kind of how we uh, sort of condense, you know, our views on things is just putting putting forth the utmost individual liberty and doing away with as much government interference and control as as we possibly
0: can. I see. So you are a politician. Why did you choose the Libertarian Party? Uh, for me, it
1: was, it, I think it really at first was just suited my personal approach to to the way I live my life. Even as a, a young person, I was very resistant to to authority and, uh, you know, I wanted to understand why people felt they needed to, to attempt to control me. Um, and it was just something I resisted for a long time. And then uh, I, I was an educator for 20 years and, you know, started seeing in, in that environment, you know, how, how much we use oppression and control to, to manage other people and to, and to sort of dictate their behaviors and what we want them to think and do and feel and how we want them to act. And it just, as I got older, it just, you know, continued to be something that really, really was a struggle for me. And uh, when I was working on one of my master's decrees, I I uh, was doing a bunch of research on the USA Patriot Act. And that was the thing that just like put me over the edge. You know, prior to that, I had just been politically homeless. Neither party represented me. Um, the candidates who ran for office never represented me. And, uh, you know, I found myself voting in protest most of the time. And then that, the, the USA Patriot Patriarch Act came about and just, you know, learning what I did f- f- from that, you know, in the early 2000s, that really just kind of sent me this direction. And I I found the, the political party that I belong to. And it's it's my home now. So.
0: <laughs> so if you say, OK, so you might have been resistant to authority and, um, you know, you say that everyone individual uh, freedoms and the right to make their mm-hmm. own decisions. Mm-hmm. How would it work then? Um, I, I when I think about just in general, no authority or um, if there's a question and people don't agree how do you manage the chaos that would happen? Do you believe that there would be chaos if we didn't have an authority?
1: So I, I think that, first of all, I wanna make it clear that there's, at least speaking for myself, there's no intention of going from like what we have now to absolutely no government. Like that's, mm-hmm. that
0: is that is an extreme that, would be that scary.
1: None, of us, none of us are prepared for. <laughs> I don't believe that there would automatically be chaos. There um, There are environments where people can be ungoverned or self-governed. And function perfectly well and and civilly and you know there's no uh there's no reason why we couldn't still have means of adjudicating disputes and conflicts and we still can have rules and consequences for um for actually victimizing people for actually doing harm or for taking people's stuff because remember I said like that's the thing we the rules as far as we're concerned should be as simple as don't hurt people and don't take their stuff um so if indeed members of a community are doing those things, then sure, there should still be, you know, you can still adjudicate that and still have consequences for it. Um, So I don't think that it automatically would lead to chaos. I think what we're talking about here is, from from a libertarian perspective, is is doing away with the aspects of government that are intrusive, that are tyrannical, that are um, essentially force, uh, and in most cases, undue force, Um, you know, whether it's through education or monetary policy or, um, you know, laws that make things crimes, even though there are no victims. Um, That's the kind of thing that we really like to focus on is just eliminating to every extent we can, um, you know, where feasible government and the control they have in our lives and the, and the, you know, taxation, like removing that element of force from our, from society and from the environment we live
0: in. Mm -hmm. So when you say doing away with aspects of government that are tyrannical law or laws that make Mm -hmm. things a crime where there are no victims, can you just give a few examples, maybe something that you're passionate about that you see as maybe a law that is a crime where there are no victims or, you know, in ways that our government can be the way that you don't want it to be?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an easy one. I think, uh, you know, personal drug use laws, you know, those kinds of things are criminalizing the use of marijuana, for example. You know, people are in jail for literally consuming a plant and um, people's lives are ruined over, over, the, over the criminal prosecution of this, not necessarily the substance itself. So that, that's, that is one simple example, um, you know, where there are things that just shouldn't be against the law. Because it, you're not helping the person um, by putting them in prison for years and years and years, <laughs> mm. just because they were, you know, smoking a plant. So, okay, that, that's yeah. a simple example. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, you know, I I also am curious because, uh, like, liber- libertarianism is this political philosophy that you kind of mentioned. It upholds this liberty as a core value, mm-hmm. um, and I look at the parties that we do have and you know i i know a lot of people on both sides that everybody wants liberty everybody wants freedom so what sets libertarians apart and makes them different where they want this freedom as well mm-hmm.
1: yeah um you know it's kind of a running joke in our party that we can we can get accused of you know you're not a real libertarian if you don't get accused in the same day of being just a democrat who hates taxes or a republican who wants to legalize marijuana Uh, We we will get the same, you know, uh, the same accusation, those two distinct accusations within the same conversation, even at times, because people just don't really understand how we're different. Um, We actually see Republicans and Democrats as being more like each other than we are like either of them. Um, Really? They are both on the the spectrum in the authoritarian uh, realm just different flavors of authoritarianism, you know, the right-leaning type gets you more government control over social and personal matters. Whereas the left-leaning type, uh, gets you more government control in our systems and our institutions like, um, you know, financial systems or education systems. And libertarians just generally reject authoritarianism of any kind. And we believe that solutions to our common problems, uh, you know, government doesn't have to be the right answer. And we've seen for generations now that it's not the right answer. Um, you know, it, 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 it is severely flawed and it is extremely uh, expensive as well. So um, another big difference between us and the old parties is also a reason that we don't get invited to debate uh, I say um, you know the old party candidates can't point at us and lay blame on us for anything they can't call libertarians out for expanding government or increasing taxes or administering failing agencies and programs but they can certainly point at each other's contributions to the current state of things and very fairly blame each other um so that that's one way that we are different is that we ah. think- government is not the answer to everything and that free market solutions often are better and more cost effective. And, um, you know, so we're also different from uh, the old, not only distinctly different from the old parties, but we also differ from the other new parties as well in that we have, we actually get 50, 50 state ballot access, 50 plus Mm -hmm. ballot access. And so you will see libertarians up and down your ballot, no matter where you live.
0: Has a libertarian ever won a presidential election? No. Why do you think that is? A presidential.
1: Um. Well, we're we're relatively new, first of all. And we also have uh, a, a huge, you know, and of course, I, I would want to say thank you, Abby, for giving us this opportunity. You know, there's a lot about the Libertarian Party that people do not know. And part of that is because... Um, You know, we get media blackouts a lot of times, you know, we're not even we're not even allowed in into polls, much less debates, uh, especially at those levels, you know, at the federal level. Um, So we we either don't get the you know, we don't get opportunities with media. We obviously have legislative issues, you know, everywhere we go, every state we're in, the legislatures are constantly every term, every session trying to create more legislation that keeps us off the ballot. Um, So, so it's just been a constant uphill battle with not only just breaking into the political system, because it is this, the the duopoly has such a stronghold on it, it is not designed uh, or operated, I guess I should say, in a way that is open and welcoming to third parties, and it absolutely limits the voters choice. And that is intentional. And we see that in in some of our legislatures, uh, in our state legislatures, where it is intentional that they are trying to limit the choice that voters have. So um, I just think that you know it's like this. There are a lot of components that go into it. You know, a lot of things that we have to be able to overcome. But and and also just educating voters about the fact that we're that we're here and um, you know getting us some equal equal time would be would be really nice. So again, thank you for yeah. for inviting us on. Well, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean that that is a real thing because I mean you as you mentioned. It is a newer party and I know mm-hmm. a few libertarians and I love to ask them questions because I like to see kind of where their mind is at and why they chose to go in that direction rather than one of the traditional parties. So uh-huh. I, I respect you being able to come on here and kind of explain more. So if you if you had an opportunity, just if let's say seven trillion people were watching this or listening to this. Um that would be great, right? If we had that many people. Uh, yeah. If, if if a lot of people were listening and and you had that platform, what would you tell the listeners about the Libertarian Party that they might not know? Or how would you explain it to them to have mm-hmm. them go, okay, maybe that is what I want to be.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the bottom line is everything we stand for and support comes down to to promoting individual rights and limiting or eliminating government authority, intrusion, control, taxation, and then excessive spending, obviously, wherever possible. And, um, you know, we are, I guess, three main things that I would like for people to know uh, is we are the only party of peace. You know, we're whether it's, you know, from local community policing that we think should return to more peacekeeping and away from adversarial militant law enforcement. Um, All the way to, you know, a foreign policy of non-interventionism and restraint, not policing the world and engaging in nation building. So we are the party of peace, the only one, we believe. Uh, We are the only party, uh, truly, of bodily autonomy. You know, we uphold bodily autonomy, the only party that believes that you should be able to make all the decisions about how you use, treat, heal, feed, and protect your own body. Uh, And obviously, we're the party of choice. We uphold the very dear principles of volunteerism, consent, and choice. We believe that our interactions with each other should always be voluntary and consensual. And we seek to remove any barriers to choice, whether it's in education, in our occupations, or even, very importantly, in elections, which is something that we're constantly having to fight. Um, You know, most people agree that what's happening in this country right now isn't working. Everywhere we turn, there are people just trying to get us. They're making us angry, trying to divide us, trying to scare us. Just so that we can continue to vote for the same old thing over and over again, Um, you know, and we we really are the only party that offers a true alternative to all of that, which is all Mm -hmm. the fault of the duopoly.
0: All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this.
1: Kudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Kudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at FoxBusinessPodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.
0: What are the next moves for libertarians? You say, uh, you know, you need to get the word out more about who you guys are and things like that. What are what would be your next step?
1: Um. Well, I mean, we're, we've got our convention, com- our national convention coming up and uh, that, you know, so then for the next two years, we'll be gearing up toward uh, the next presidential election. So we'll be looking to to nominate our presidential and vice presidential nominees. Our states have already uh, gone around and done their state conventions. And so they've got their uh, 2022 candidates all lined up and they're out in the world campaigning. And so we're going to turn, turn our attention to them here. Very soon, And, um, you know, we've we've got 300 over 300 elected libertarians around the country. And so we're just going to continue building on that. And we've had, you know, record setting years. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary the party was founded in, uh, you know, 50 years ago in 1971. And it's just with a handful of people in a living room in in Colorado. And now we are the third largest and fastest growing political party in the country. And we're just going to keep moving forward with that. And uh, like I said, we've got over 300 elected now. We are hoping to have that many more, um, you know, coming up in the next cycle. And uh, we want to, we're we're getting involved and pushing for things like, you know, our alternative voting methods. You know, you may have heard of approval voting and um, uh, ranked choice voting. And so those are things that we're You know, we've got a lot of our state affiliates, we are affiliated in every state. So we've got a state party organized and all the way down to county levels in most cases. And, uh, you know, they're getting super involved in taking the lead on the alternative voting method uh, approach and getting voters and constituents more familiar with these options because it really does increase their choice and give them more opportunities for for actually choosing people who represent them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think we, you know, we think is one of the ways that we can we can actually look forward to winning more elections is by opening up these options, um, and how, and how, how voters actually get to vote. Um, you know, and so there's there's a lot of different projects that we're going to take on and we are I'm pretty excited about the upcoming, uh, the upcoming cycle getting geared mm-hmm. up for the next presidential. So.
0: Yeah, what does that presidential what does 2024 look like for you guys? Who do, who do you have?
1: Um I don't have anybody right now that I would name. And we're so uh, far know, away as, still, but Yeah, it's yeah, we we've still got some time before people start declaring and um so so but we've got we've got some opportunities and really looking forward to to having some some good choices.
0: So, something uh,
1: it should be some exciting times.
0: Right, right. Something you said actually intrigued me. You said that this started 50 years ago in a living room in Colorado. Uh, how, mm-hmm. how did the, what is the history of this party?
1: Well, it's, it actually was just a handful of people. Um, you know, the, we, we consider, I guess, the father of our party to be a, a gentleman named David Nolan. And uh, they, people got together. Um, there were some, you know, anti, it was really more of like an anti war movement. Um, You know, like I said, we are the party of peace. And so it came from, from that and from, you know, that the government is consistently doing things that we consider to be abhorrent, you know, they're doing things, uh, immoral things, unethical things, and in our name, because, you know, just by virtue of us being Americans that we have to go along for the ride, when the government decides to do things. And, uh, it was just so a way for people to sort of break away from that duopoly and, and make, you know, s- stake a claim to this more peaceful notion of, of, of living and, you know, not, not being, not violating the, the principle. We have a, a non-aggression principle as well that we subscribe to where you just, you just don't use, uh, force or violence or, or coercion, uh, ag- against other people for political gain or, you know, and so. It was just a group of people who got together and sort of listed out these things that they believed in, and, and with the premise of it being individual liberty first and government absolute minimum.
0: <laughs> so you you just evolved from there, right? Right. So you um the the school of thought is that you want less government or if any, maybe none, no government involvement. What about when it comes to the law and law enforcement? What are your thoughts on that? Does that fall under the umbrella of, um, you know, <laughs> being governed and being kind of told that this is what you need to do? Or is it completely separate?
1: I, I think that, you know, th- there is still a place for what we'll call policing, right? You still, there's still a place for having security and, um, you know, having people in the community that are meant for peacekeepers and protecting others. And, you know, when I was growing up, it, they were actually considered peace officers. That is how we knew them. Yes. We called them police and we may have called them cops, but the focus was not on the law enforcement. It was on, it was on the the peacekeeping and it has just, you know, grown into this just massive, like militant police you know, this, this policing, and it's so far removed from community policing in every way. And um, we just would really like to get back to police should exist for the purpose of protecting others and, you know, taking action when someone actually does a, a, commits what we would consider to be a true crime, which is hurting someone or taking their stuff, you know, and it's as simple as that for us that beyond that, our police are being put in positions to They have these severely adversarial relationships in their communities. Um, and, you know, we're constantly at, you know, nationwide, just in battle with with the police force. And it's because they have turned so far away from just, you know, keeping the peace in their communities. And it's gone so far above that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I beyond think- that. I think part of that, though, also has to do with the perpetrators um, and kind of you look at what's happening recently. And I I just watched a video of um, a police officer who had someone pretty much their hands behind their backs and he was acting in a very peaceful way. And the guy broke free turned around, ran and started shooting at the police officer. So, you know, it's it kind of goes both ways, right? You obviously want them to act in peaceful ways. But then there are instances where they try to act peacefully. But then the perpetrator, because of certain laws, they act in a way that they're not really punished as harshly anymore for the things that they're doing. So, it, you know, it's it's a, definitely a balance, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's it's certainly situational. But at the end of the day, what I don't want is to be funding a, a system that kills people without due process or, or kills people, period.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> think everybody wants the state justice have the right <laughs> where justice needs to be served for sure. So if you were to, if you were to kind of um, wrap things up and just say the most important thing that people should know about libertarians, what would it be?
1: Um, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of already touched on that. You know, we, we, you, know, you, you make the claim that everybody wants freedom. I think that uh, that that is true to to a certain extent. I think that most people want freedom for themselves, but not necessarily for others. And I think that is one of the distinctions that libertarian that can be made for libertarians, is that we actually we recognize that in order for for us to be truly free, we have to extend that freedom to everyone. Um, and so that, that I think is a huge distinction and, um, you know, it it is fundamental to what we believe. And that means also giving people the freedom to think and say things that we also don't like, or don't want to hear, um, which I don't think is, is true for, for people with other political ideologies. And so that's a huge thing for us. And again, we just, you know, right now during times of war, we just want to reiterate that we, we are the party of peace, you know, we are, we are the anti-war party, um, and we just we want to to open our arms to people who also believe these things. You know, if, if you are looking for for something different, um, this is this is the party. And everybody says right now, what is it like? Sixty seven percent supposedly of, of voters want want a third option. Um, well, you've got one. It's it's we're literally on your ballots everywhere. So just look for us.
0: I, I do it's have one easy. Do,
1: LP.org, it's an easy place to go to find information. So
0: I do have one last question. What do you think it would take to get uh, a libertarian elected as president?
1: Oh, man. Well, I'm not actually a political strategist, so that's, <laughs> that, that is definitely above my pay grade. Um, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe there is
0: no answer. I mean, maybe it's just because, you know, if 67 if percent want a third option and libertarians are there then what's the what do you think is the the challenge
1: i mean just kind of going back to what i said earlier you know opening up the debates um would be huge for us and that may that may not be a problem anymore now that the the gop has left the cpd but um being able to be on those platforms you know being able to 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 have the country have voters hear from us the same way that they get to hear from one, from everyone else from the or from the other the duopoly you know from the two the old party candidates, uh, there's there's no reason for us not to be there. Like we we literally have ballot access in every state, so there's no reason for us not to be there. Um, and so I think just having more of the voters start demanding these choices that they claim to want, uh, you know, having them start demanding that and and you know local media, start paying more attention to our local candidates. And, you know, I think it's just going to be education and exposure and a level playing field, quite frankly, is what we need.
0: All right. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your insight. And hopefully our viewers learned a little bit about libertarians. Thank you. Alright, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about the Libertarian Party. Number one, Whitney says the Libertarian Party is not a hybrid of either traditional parties, it's its own entity, and it boils down to don't take someone's stuff and don't hurt someone. That's how Whitney put it. Number two, the party, according to Whitney, was built on fundamentals of peace while still having roles for adjudicating conflicts. Which brings me to number three. They believe that the government doesn't necessarily have the right answer. There you have it, the Libertarian Party. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. For more, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed.